Welcome to the United City Church Podcast, where we think God is much less concerned about where you've been than where you're going. We really believe this message will help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Enjoy. I would love for you to go to the book of Acts. The book of Acts is in the New Testament. Uh, The Bible is split up into two sections. There's an Old Testament and a New Testament. The Old Testament uh, tells us the stories of of Jewish tradition and history and all the awesome things that happened. The New Testament are the great stories of Jesus, resurrection, burial, death, the church, Paul. Uh, We're gonna read about a guy named Stephen tonight. And we're we're gonna dive into this because I believe that, uh, that there are some things that need to be trending in our life. So the title of my message tonight is called New. Uh, love is trending. Everybody say, love, love. is trending. 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 Now we're all gonna say at the same time, love, love. Is, is trending. trending. We, want it to, we want that to trend in your life. We want that to trend in our church's life. And I believe that this story is gonna capture the heart of humanity it's gonna capture the heart of love. It's gonna capture the heart of what it looks like for us to care about those who maybe have turned their back on us. So Acts chapter seven, we're gonna start in verse 54. And this is what it says. When they heard these things, they were enraged. You ever been enraged? Yes, everybody's like, yes, thank you. It happened on the way here. And they gnashed their teeth. Is there anybody that ever grits their teeth? I do that um, sometimes in my sleep. Uh, when I get uh, stressed, there are times where at one time uh, we were running a conference and I actually uh, got into a high stress moment and, I, and the, my, my dentist said that I sprained my jaw, which I was like, hey, you sprained your jaw? And he said, what happens is when you get in high pressure moments, you, you talk a lot or you clench a lot or you grit your teeth. And I would do that in high stress Moment. So these people, they were enraged and they gnashed their teeth at him. Stephen, who was the man in the story, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. They yelled at the top of their voices, covered their ears. They're like children. You ever had that child? They yell and cover their ears because they don't want to hear about it. Like they, they covered their ears and together rushed at Stephen. So these are the, the church people. They're rushing at Stephen. They dragged him out of the city. They began to stone him. Um, and that is not like recreationally like doing other things when it comes to being stoned, all right? Just in case you're wondering, they threw rocks at him. So they literally threw rocks at this guy to kill him. They, they stoned him and the witnesses laid their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. Everybody say Saul. Saul. If you have a, uh, a Bible, you could circle that name because that name's gonna change later on because he encounters somebody named Jesus. But his name at this moment in time is Saul. And the young man named Saul, while they were stoning Stephen, he called out. And this is what Stephen calls out. As Stephen has, is being murdered, as he's being tortured, as he's had rocks thrown at him, he says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He knelt down and he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. After saying this, 
he died. If you go into chapter 8, verse 1, it says, Saul agreed with putting him to death. On that day, a severe persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all, except the apostles, were scattered throughout the land of Judea and Samaria. Devout men buried Stephen and mourned deeply over him. Or you pray, God, thank you so much for the word of God, for its truth, for its application. God, and I pray that as we kind of dive into this tonight, that we can uh, leave here challenged, changed, different than the way that we walked in the doors. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Good, you're alive, you're awake. Uh, Tonight, I wanna talk to you guys about trends, okay? I think that we live in a society that loves trends. Anybody love trends? Like, like clothing trends, like Instagram trends, word trends. We all love trends and we all jump on the trend bandwagon. Like there are things right now that are recently, right now that are trending, okay? Here are things that are trending. The term woke is trending, right? Uh, the term yeet, I don't understand, is trending, the, the term flex, like he tried to flex on me. I'm like, I, I don't even know that like, he went up to you and flex. I don't understand. The, the term dope, like that's so dope. And the term right now that I find funny is my guy. Like what's up my guy? Like oh, my guy. What about my girl? Like I, don't, I only get the my guy thing. Uh, another term is the, the goat and the greatest of all time. Uh, there's a, uh, uh, my daughter is this term. We call it extra. Some of you, some of the guys looked at the girls like, yeah, yeah, extra, right? <laughs> extra is something that happens. And another term is facts. Facts. When, when somebody's saying something like, that's facts. Like, that's truth. Spitting truth. Like, like I... <laughs> another thing that I know is trending, if I were to say like, uh, in game, did that trend this summer, this last summer? In game, like everybody's like Marvel. I'm not gonna say anything about the movie and ruin it for you in case you haven't seen. It. Another thing that was trending recently was Kevin Durant's Achilles. <laughs> like it was trending all over the internet. Uh, NBA free agency is trending right now. Uh, and this is kind of a new thing, but they have them here. Orange Theory Fitness. Uh, it's like a big fitness thing. Um, Toy Story, The Lion King, Area 51. (laughs) All the people clapping are the people that want to go take over Area 51. Uh, Stranger Things season three. Come on, somebody. The face app. Made everybody look old in a hot minute. Here, here's the deal with the Face app. Uh, that's like old news. I don't know why it came back. They've had that app for like years. And then uh, my wife and I, Amanda was talking and she said, why are people doing this? She's like, this is something that's been around for a long time. I'm like, I don't know. But we can find out what you and I will look like together older. And I don't age well, okay? The Face app. Um, Fortnite, trending all the sinking time. Twitch, I didn't know what this was. It's live gaming. 
I had no clue. Like, you know that you can get paid to play games live? Some people are like, yeah, I'm doing it right now in your sermon. Game of Thrones. And here's what I love. The 90s are back, baby. Yes. The 90s, like the, the greatest. Oh, I love the 90s. If any of you guys ever remember, like I love the 90s by VH1, like pop-up videos. Nobody even, like I'm old, all right? The iPhone is trending every year. Um, grocery delivery from Walmart. You know what I'm saying? Like, has anybody done it? They deliver. I just, I just saved you. I just saved your life. Another thing that's trending is, is Drake standing on the sidelines of Toronto Raptors games, acting like a moron. High-waisted jeans, trending A. Leonardo DiCaprio still looks like he's 16 years old. Trending. Horses in the back. That's all I got to say. TikTok is trending. Cleveland Browns football actually hit the map in some positive light recently. Pop-up shops where you can just go find a place to shop for your clothes in the middle of a street. Um, some people call that the farmer's market. I don't know. Uh, politics were insane this last year or two. Shark Week, it starts tonight, ladies and gentlemen. When you leave here, go home, watch Shark Week. And here's what I learned just recently while putting this together. Katy Perry and Taylor Swift have made up. Yeah, really cool. Didn't know that. Um, as a matter of fact, if you have your phone, go ahead and take your phone out right now. If you have, anybody have Twitter? Go, go ahead and get on Twitter. Tell me what's trending right now. Texas Longhorns? The Mets? The Mets are trending right now. We don't know why, but they're, they're, they're trending. <laughs> cool. So I say all that to say this, okay? Here's why I say all that, is that at United City, one of the things that I believe should be trending in the way that we live our lives is how we love people. It's how we care about people. It's, it's what if our actions were more geared towards love? What if the basis of our Christian faith was not rock throwing, but loving people? What if we were more in love with Jesus than our Twitter account? What if the core of our hearts were driven by an infinite, all-powerful, loving God? What if we looked at broken and hurting people and saw that they needed to be loved instead of being snubbed? What if love was more than just a sexual term? And what if it actually meant something more than what we say? You see, the truth is, is that Stephen was driven by love. Think about it. A man who had 
preached a great sermon a couple chapters before in chapter six. There had been some issues about, uh, about uh, taking care of orphans and widows and, and they were taking care of all the people in the community and the church people didn't like what he was doing, the Sanhedrin, they were the, they were the judges at this point in time. And, and he was driven by this trend to love. As a matter of fact, I would say this, if Jesus were alive today, his Twitter handle, picture, whatever it may be, would just say, love. It would be to love people. It would be to tell people that they are loved, that they're valued, that they're cared for, that there's more for their life, that there's something that's greater than they're living for, that they are his sons, that they are his daughters, that he wants what's best for them. And that way, the way that they're living now is immeasurably never gonna measure up to what he has for them in their future. He is that kind of God. So seven men were chosen before this moment to go out and help, and Stephen was one of those men. The disciples laid hands on him, and they prayed for him, and they said, you're going to go out, and you're going to help your community, and you're going to love your community. So Stephen starts performing miracles, and people start finding new life in Jesus, and the, the judges, they don't like it. And then in verse 55, something happens. In verse 55, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. And this is what he saw. The glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. You know what he saw? A picture of love. A picture of love. I don't know about you, when you think about seeing God or, or Jesus or what it looks like to follow Jesus. I don't know what it is in your life, but what do you see? See, sometimes our, our imagery of God is directly correlated to how we see our own father figures in our lives. And some of that imagery is, is unhealthy and some of that can be super healthy. And, it, and oftentimes what we do is we say, you know what, what God, I, I don't know if you can love me that much. I don't know if you can love me because I've done so much bad. I've done this and I've done that and here's my sin and how's this going? And, and I'm not sure that you're going to love me. There is nothing you can do that will make God love you more and there's nothing you can do that will make God love you less. He loves you. He cares for you. Now he may be disappointed in some of your decisions, you may be disappointed in, in the way that you conduct yourself and the character that you have and how you portray him, but he's not gonna love you any less. See, Stephen saw the greatest love he could ever see. He saw Christ's love. Think about it. This story is crazy that, that in Verse 59, while they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He knelt down, cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Now, I don't know about you. I, I don't have the character of Stephen. You're throwing rocks at me. And I'm dying. And I'm like, these people need to be condemned, God. They are bad. They need you. 
They need you, Jesus, really, really bad. They, they need something in their life to happen that's gonna change it. No, not Stephen. He, he's, a, he's a man of God. He's a guy that says, yo, like, Lord, do not hold this against them. And the Bible is so abrupt. It just says, and after that, he died. <laughs> now, there's no, like, backstory. There's no, like, there's no dramatic ending with a crescendo of music in a movie theater setting. There's nothing. It's just, he died. And I think that's because he saw something that nobody else was seeing. He saw something that could change somebody's life. And he said, if I would love these people, even at their worst, that maybe their life could be changed. And guess what happened? Something did change. If you read on in the story, you'll find out that a young man named Saul would eventually find Jesus and, and be renamed Paul. You know, some scholars would say that as all these people were throwing their garments at the feet of a man named Saul, that because of Stephen's boldness, that it actually stuck with Saul. And that as he began to persecute and hate the church, he realized that there was a, a God who loved him. And you think that you've done wrong in your life. Try being a guy like Saul who was educated, had it all together. He, he would go in and pull out people who were Christians. He would have them murdered in front of the city. He would pull them out and he would say, murder them, murder them. They follow Jesus. They follow the way. We're done with these people. We're going just executing people. And I think oftentimes in life, we're like, oh man, I've just, I've done too much. No, you've not. If not, there is a God in heaven who loves you. And the trend, a part of this community, is this. There's two things I want you to know. We're ending quick tonight. Two things I want you to know. The first one is I want you to know love. Some of you don't even know what that's like because you've only had love said to you but not acted on. Some of you, the love that's been spoken to you has only been uh, because somebody wanted to uh, have sex with you. Some of you, the love that has been said over you is because it's just a word that we use that carries no weight anymore. See, John 15, 12 and 13 said, this is my command Love one another as I have loved you. And then it says, no one, no one has greater love than this to lay down his life for his friends. Now, if you were to like, uh, I'm gonna get real like theological for just one second. If you were to exegete that passage of scripture, like you were to dive into it and break down words and do all these things, you would find something in there that I find really interesting. You would find that when the Bible says greater love has no man than this, than a man who lays down his life for his friends, the word friends in its original language, it actually meant for shared experiences. Shared experiences. Like, so greater love has no man than this, than a man who lays down his life for his friends who have shared in the experience of following Jesus. Can I, can I make a suggestion to you tonight? Friends do not share posts 
They share experiences. And I think so often we get caught up in like, oh, I'm gonna share this post, I'm gonna share that post because I want love to be trending. You know, the best way for love to trend in life is to walk through it with people and love them as they are. Because that's the love that Stephen saw when he looked at people throwing rocks at him. And I find it really difficult as a church when we look at trends and we look at things going on how difficult for it is for us to genuinely, authentically love people. I don't know about you, but I want some friends in my life that wanna share my experiences. As a matter of fact, Jesus had friends in his life that shared his experiences. Here's what we forget though, is that when they shared the experiences of Jesus, they didn't realize that they would be also sharing in his death. Peter, hung upside down on a cross. John had his head cut off. All these people went through ridiculously crazy things because they believed in something that was far greater than themselves. As a matter of fact, this small group of dudes would eventually change the entire course of history. All in the name of love. All in the name of like, I care about my people deeply. I care about them enough to lay down my life. So I want you to know love. I want you to know that love is real. I want you to know that God loves you. I want you to know that there's something, there is, there is something out there that's far greater than what you're experiencing now. And the second thing that I want you to know is that I want you to show love. I want you to know love and I want you to show love. I should rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want you to know love and I want you to show love. We need to show it. Like so often, it's showing love is so hard because there's always that person that seems unlovable, right? Everybody's got a person in their family. Everybody's got that person around. They're like, gosh, I've got to love them. Yes, you do. As difficult as it may seem, as difficult as they are as human beings, you have to love them. First Peter 4, 8 says this, above all, keep your love for one another at full strength. Not a half strength, not a quarter strength, full strength. Since love covers a multitude of what? Ah, love covers a multitude of sins. There's something about love that covers sins, which means that when you fail, there's love there. That means that when you are wretched and you mess up, there's love there. That means that there's, there's somebody there loving you through your issue. I did not know about this until later on in life. My grandpa, so I'm, I'm four generations of pastors in my family. I did not wanna do this, by the way ever with my life. I was like, no, God, find somebody else. I ain't doing it. Four generations of pastors in my home. I had a great grandpa, a grandpa, a dad, me and one of my brothers, uh, pastors, my sister married a pastor. Like, we, we all about pastors in our home, okay? And as I got older, um, 
I eventually landed on these uh, memoirs that my grandma typed with a typewriter. And one of them was a story. And I remember reading this story that my grandma shared about my grandpa. I grew up in Arkansas, woo pig, uh, go hogs, go. That's right, hit that line, hit that line, keep on rolling. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. I'm just gonna keep going because I'm an alum of the University of Arkansas. I grew up in Arkansas and my, the church was growing where my family uh, lived. And I, and some things happened that weren't good. As a matter of fact, there were people who did not like uh, that the church was growing, that people were being saved, that people were, being loved, that relationships were being restored, that lives were being transformed. And so they decided to take it upon themselves to beat those who were leading the charge in the local church. So my grandma pins, now she has a pin, she types this story in uh, her memoirs and I, I have it in my house, it's a really cool thing. But my grandpa, who was a pastor at the time, found out about what was happening. And what happened was they had taken all the Christians to a place down by this riverbank and there was a a stump there. And they actually stripped them naked. And they they lynched like things around their wrists with, uh, with metal and they put them over a stump. And they would whip them and tell them their God wasn't real. And tell them that this wasn't, you needed to leave, you need to get out of our small community at that point in time. My grandpa found out about it and he was uh, supposedly well-known in the community and he, he went down to check things out. So as my grandpa walked down to see things, um, what he saw was not good, but he also saw an opportunity. so my grandpa tried to get them to stop. Well, guess what happened to him? Same thing. They would pull his clothes off, put him over a stump, and they would physically whip him. Here's what's really cool about my grandpa that I've never met my dad's dad. Here's what's really cool about him. As they whipped him, he whistled. He whistled a song, it was an old hymn. Um, and as a matter of fact, they would yell at him and tell him, stop whistling. This, you need to stop. And as they continued to whip, he continued to whistle louder. And as he whistled louder, he whistled a song uh, that was an old hymn called, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. We are from Arkansas, okay, Yonder, all right? Um, it's an old hymn, it's a song. and. And he whistled it and whistled it and whistled it. And they get so mad. They got so upset that they actually stopped whipping my grandpa. They got so upset that they eventually left the scene. They got so upset that this man would not bow to their their, uh, existence. They got so upset. And and my, my grandpa stood in the face of adversity, not because he wanted to be noticed, but because he wanted people to know about a love. A love that covers a multitude of sins. 
So you have these men whipping my grandpa. He's singing, he's whistling a song. And he, in essence, he's saying, listen, there is a God that still loves you. There is a God that still cares for you. There's a God who wants what's best for you. There is a God who is still alive that wants to live in your heart, in your life today. He wants to take over your soul. And I look at my life and I think, wow, those are really large shoes to be filling. But you know what? I fight for everybody's right to stand at the foot of the cross because of who God made them to be. And some people don't like it. But I'm telling you, there is a God that wants you to know love. And because you know love, he wants you to show love to people. See, Acts chapter eight, verse one. I want you to understand that what was meant to destroy a person, God used to spread the gospel. The Bible says that the, the disciples were, were spread from this moment on. That means that the gospel wasn't conduced to this one spot. It was about to take roots and it was about to change the world and it was about to change people's lives and it was about to do something amazing. It was about to transform people, but only because a man named Stephen said, there is a God who loves you. Thank you for joining us. For more information, you can visit unitedcityfw.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, rate, and even share with your friends. Thanks for being with us today.